0: i do the same thing
1: man there it goes
0: i do the same thing i tell my girl i'm like if i don't introduce you then i need you to introduce yourself because i forgot who that person was
1: oh no you you, uh you can always just say this is my wife or you can give a long introduction to your wife and she then just like playing you know poker or whatever together you got to tell she sees that you're going long with her introduction like this is my fantastic extravagant beautiful gorgeous wife and she's like oh honey and you are and when she, you know what i mean welcome to straight to the point completely off topic and we're starting off topic we have our friend jesse smith with us and jesse you brought a friend as well
0: yeah i brought my buddy crypto master nft master jason so
1: what up guys? nfts similar they're not in the same they must be in the same realm Yeah, Yeah, they they are
2: but they're kind of different
1: okay i was hoping like i I, i'm not able to i I haven't been able to wrap my head around this listen to a podcast actually yesterday to try and um get some kind of idea i've stayed away from it because of my ignorance and it seems like a lot to learn and it seems like 13 year olds are making millions of dollars by drawing stick figures or something and putting them in nfts so i've stayed away somewhat but we're going to get into that can you mind if we jump through a little bit of Ink Master questions first, though, for you, Jesse? Yeah, go for it, man. And Jason, if you have any questions for Jesse or myself about about it too, please uh, feel free to interject. Uh, I don't. What What's your guys's time like? You, you think good, you got an hour and a half here? Right on, kick ass. Um, what uh, was I'll casting talk to you? Like as long for as you, you
0: want to talk, dude.
1: Right on. Uh, what was casting for you like, brother?
0: Um, it was pretty simple. Like I, you know, I always tell everybody the story. I was, I watched, uh, season one. And at that time I was watching a lot of like reality TV show, uh, TV shows. I was watching like rock of love. I love New York. Um, just yes. a bunch of, you know, the flavor, that, flav. you know, what, what, flavor, which, flav,
1: flavor,
0: flavor of love. Right?
1: It's spicy. Paris Hilton's, yes.
0: Paris Hilton's new BFF or whatever. All that crap. <laughs> Before uh, streaming was was uh, you know happening, uh, I, shit. I think it was before Netflix was really like kicking off. So I remember watching all these reality TV shows, and I was like, man, if I was on a reality TV show, I would do this, I'd do that, blah blah blah. But I always told myself, I'm like, I'm not going to be on a reality TV show unless it it feels unless it's something natural, you know, and unless it's something right. that's relevant to me. And realistically, I was like,
1: so at the time, you were considering me? getting on like Paris Hilton or something like that, huh?
0: Yeah, you're exactly, thinking exactly. it
1: just it well, wouldn't I mean, have been too natural.
0: It, it would have been supernatural. I mean, you know, it, it, I definitely want to be her BFF, so it would have felt. I fine. was gonna say,
1: <laughs> <laughs> dude, I think you would make a great couple. You could kind of fit in her purse; she'd carry you around like a little puppy <laughs> or whatnot. Yeah, you you got the, the 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 exact kind of um cartoonish, you know, characteristics that she looks for in a traveling companion.
0: That's true. Or I could have been Puff Daddy's new uh, assistant or, or personal assistant, whatever
1: that one was. Oh, it was. Oh, oh, <laughs> he, what was he having people compete to be an assistant?
0: Yeah, something like that. It was a good one. So anyways, did you, uh, you
1: didn't try out for anything else, though. You tried out for Ink Master because, of course, that was natural.
0: Well, yeah, I didn't actually even try out, which was kind of cool. Um, I remember oh, no, because of-
1: when you're Jesse Smith, the world comes to you.
0: That's right, man. That's right. Fuck That's yes, why I was, rockstar. I was like, I don't want to waste my breath on a podcast when it's not even being recorded.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. A little faux pas earlier. We weren't recording and Jesse was spitting fire. Mad fire. Spitting
0: spit fire. And wait, how many yeah. people listen to this thing?
1: It's like five at least. I, Dude, got- <laughs>
0: I do not. I do not do podcasts unless there's at least six followers.
1: <laughs> I think we just hit say, well, with Jason, Jason will, he'll subscribe oh, right. today. Okay. We'll meet All our right, quota. It's actually getting, um, I don't know, man. Some people are weird. That's what I found. And, and they like listening to me. <laughs> so I like there's, you, there's yeah. a certain number of that, you know, certain bit of it. Yeah. We had fun. I got to, I get guest spot at your shop. We, we got to hang out and have a blast really beautiful yeah. area yeah thanks casting was easy for you they call you up they say you're jesse fucking smith our show is nothing without you can you come on down is that about the gist of it
0: i mean pretty much they were gonna call it the (laughs) jesse smith show but i was like "Eh, you you know i don't want you guys to switch (laughs) this up
1: right right but no casting for other people was i mean for myself i tried out for that season and when i tried out i saw steve teft who was this winner of that season. And he was trying out like any normal plebeian. Did they contact you by email? They do a video conference.
0: So they just called my shop. And I remember my buddy, Jason was like, Hey man, Ink is on the phone. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And he was like, yeah. God, so I got on there and I, I got on the phone and I, man, I can't remember the, the chick's name, but uh, she was like, Hey, you know, I'm from Ink Master. Uh, I was wondering if you'd be interested in being on the show. And I was like, you know, I was, I was, I was pretty uh, well-established in the tattoo world at that time. I think I had like 3000 people on my waiting list to get tattooed. And, you know, it was like, and and, and, and of course, back then it was like, anybody that went on TV was a sellout. And, you know, it was (laughs) was a, a pretty, pretty looked down upon thing, but I was like, you know, I don't know. And so I told the chick, give me a little bit of time to think about it she's like you got a day and so i thought about it i asked of people and i basically my what made me jump over the edge was you know if i don't do this i will probably always wonder what could have happened if i you know if i if i had done it and if i do and i completely flop at least i know so i decided to do it um they did a little uh, i had to do a little um video conference sh- i'm sure they wanted to At least see if I could communicate effectively. Right. Uh, Because as you know, there's a lot of tattoo artists or just artists in general that uh, struggle on the communication side of
1: things. Through my casting process, I saw a far better artist than myself that I recognized. And I was like, oh, my God, that's and they didn't get on the show. And uh, so, yes, (laughs) you know, at that point, you kind of realize, too, or through the casting process, I realized they were looking for characters as much as they were quality artists. But I believe they were also they they started with the quality artists that they wanted. You know what I mean? And then they built interesting characters around them. I feel like you were a quality artist that they would have sought out. Your work at that time was still is <laughs> pretty pretty groundbreaking i remember seeing a piece in california when i was doing a tattoo convention out there on a couple it was like the little kids reading the book and everything's exploding around them with this imaginary universe
0: yeah the necronomicon
1: dude that was so well thought out the bodysuit so well uh applied technique i mean it, it was um i'd never seen anything like that before and to see it so well healed and everything was amazing. So I imagine that you're one of the artists that they probably sought out with an expectation to kind of win or certainly get far.
0: Yeah, I think well, for my, you know, what I what I feel like happened, and of course, you'll never know because they they'll never tell you. But what I feel like happened is they probably had me slotted to be in the top three, um, and then I just was not as confrontational as I would like. Me to have been, or I wasn't as probably as interesting as they wanted me to be. Um, so they You're just, uh, to...
1: bro. <laughs> yeah, well, you know,
0: I was super. I'm, I'm one of the ones
1: that's like... just screaming for you to keep doing googly eyes. <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> sure, they're googly eyes, but they're the best googly eyes, like, right? You I know, put a
0: lot of time into those eyes, man, <laughs> dude.
1: When you did the haircut,
0: <laughs> yeah, the haircut
1: that was a great you scene, did... <laughs> that was the. And it was so, See, am I, may, maybe I'm making up in my head. Sometimes I do that. I have a tendency to live in my imagination. But in my mind, it had like beautiful gradation, like you shaped them on his head, like it was 3D. Um, <laughs> the best. And, and where else? And now the kid can watch his, He can watch his kids when he's driving them to soccer practice and shit, you know? He doesn't have to worry about getting rear-ended in traffic. This guy knows you know, what's the, going because he, he knows where he's going because he knows where he's been.
0: That's right. You know, the funny thing about that story is or, or that that little section is I was actually talking to him while I was doing it. I was like, hey, man, what would you like me to tattoo in the back of your head? And um, he started talking about how he was a TIE fighter and his favorite TIE fighter was just like, dude, I can't remember the dude's name. And I was like, oh, cool. Let's do a portrait of that on the back of your head. So like, <laughs> I'm like doing this thing. <laughs> And he doesn't. He has no idea what I'm doing on the back of his head. And and I remember the judges. They came up and they were like, "So Jesse, what have you what have you done here?" And I and I went into this big elaborate story about how his favorite tie fighter was this dude, and he and I wanted to do a you know a portrait of it. And then you know this is what came out. And they, dude, I they did not think that shit was funny at all. (laughs) (laughs) but,
1: But it is. It is so. My favorite thing about you, Jesse, is anytime I talk with you in any kind of conversation at all, you, you have this ability, and you've already done it, obviously, with, with your NFTs in, in Caracas, right? or what but Car-ca-us. you've created you've Carcaeus crea- you, you create worlds. Like when you draw a drawing, that drawing isn't like it's just you know, a, a new school fish or whatever you know, a new school fish dog. I don't know. Something that you would do. I'm, I'm trying to get out there. In, I can trying to be in, in your box, but you will envision this uh, and, and perform this, but you will also have, it, you'll know who its father was, its mother, you'll know where it went to school, you know what it does in its daytimes, it has a job, you know, like you create a whole world with each of your characters. That is sometimes far beyond what you can see.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if you feel this way, but, I, you know, after I'd been tattooing for about, you know, 10 or 15 years, I remember just feeling like, you know, my pieces, I'd tattoo a rabbit or a squirrel or something like that, and it would leave. And of course, I had fun doing the new school rabbit and the new school squirrel, but I just felt like it was kind of, that was it, you know, it was, it was done. And so I decided to try, to try to give them a little bit more depth by, you know, giving them a story and a place to live. And that's when I created Carteus, Uh, And that was back in 2009. So, and for those, of, the of yeah, it was, it was, what, was that 13 years ago?
1: So. Well, what a genius know, idea, because now that you create this Carteus, I'll, and I'll let you explain more, I'm sorry, but what, to cut you off, but what a genius idea, because now it seems like it's untethered your imagination and it can go wherever it wants because you set the rules in Carteus.
0: Right. And, you know, the other struggle I think that you can agree with is, you know, when you're a tattoo artist, you're at, you're kind of at the mercy of your clients. And a lot of times your clients can't, you know, they come up with ideas, but they're usually stuff that we've already done before. And I'm like, how do I get someone to ask for you know, a three eyed rabbit with, uh, you know, five arms or whatever, you know?
1: (laughs) Right. And it's
0: like, the only way you're going to get people to ask for that is if you show them that before they get tattooed, they have to, nobody comes to me and says, Hey, I want to an interleukin or whatever, because they didn't (laughs) even know it existed until I drew it. So,
1: right. Beautiful. Um, when you get there at the casting or after casting, you finally make it, they assure you, you're going to be on the show, you show up and you guys start. For me, it was really impressive just to see all the many different cogs, you know, the different people involved. But did you see anybody you knew as far as artists right away? or
0: well, I feel the same way you did. I was like, there was like sixty people there. It was cameramen, producers, you know, like I don't know, directors. I didn't even know who was who and who was doing what. But I just remember being like, wow, there are so many people behind the scenes on this on this show. And we actually had uh, sixteen artists. Uh, on my season which i think you know they were due one producer per four artists or something like that so we probably had a few more producers and a few more cameras and all that stuff because we had so many uh people and i think after our season they were like ah we we need not to have 16 people on at the same time if possible (laughs) Um, right but yeah i think the only person that i knew on there actually no i knew ron safari before i went on there and then i knew tattoo baby before i went on there uh, and i'm trying to think if i knew anybody else i think that was it those were the only people that i knew uh before i went on the show
1: and you, you get to did you make some friends i'm guessing i know i've heard that you and k Cutta actually kind of had a, a unlikely friendship of sor- sorts oh yeah did you hear that that's funny yeah
0: i love k uh, yeah.
1: you, you kind of took him under your wing a bit to show him maybe some technical aspects that he was missing
0: yeah, I helped him and I, I did a lot of, well, I helped a lot of people on that show, but like him and um, Mark Matthews were two of the people that I felt like, you know, I, I just had a, you know, they were, they were the bigger guys in the shop. And I guess, you know, all the instincts coming from a little guys to make friends with the big guys.
1: And, uh, <laughs> right <on. laughs> You're like, these guys got my back. Okay. Yeah.
0: You know, and I knew right from the get go, Cutta, I remember the very first challenge, you know, he was talking so much shit and he was sitting right next to me. And I was like, I told, I looked over at him. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely not going to fuck with you because I didn't want to be caught up in that bullshit drama. And right. he was from Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I actually lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina for like four years. So we just hit it off on that. And he just, you know, he's a real dude. You know, he was very, you know, he was real respectful to me. And, you know, he had some fucking, he had some bad video footage of me. Uh, getting fucked up because I got yeah that was back I don't drink oh. anymore but that was back when I drinking, and <laughs> I wanna he talk had some- about it. <laughs>
1: oh, because you you became legend other seasons oh, yeah. were, were I think they they didn't allow us to get alcohol until like the eighth um episode in. Bec- and and even then, it was kind of like, yeah, Jesse kind of ruined a bit of your party and going out. We couldn't go; we weren't supposed to drink when we went to bowling alleys or something like that. Uh, dude, it How'd was how this come about, crazy. Jesse?
0: It was super stupid, man. It was like uh, you know, I, I like to say that I'm a relatively responsible person, but I probably got drunker on that show than I've ever got in my entire life. It was I blame it on Steve Teff because we were drinking. And uh, and and, you know, we were drinking pretty much at the bowling alley. But then when we got back, Steve was like, hey, man, you want a screwdriver? And he gave me like, you know, 10 shots of fucking vodka with a <laughs> shot of orange juice. And I'm just sitting there drinking it with him. It was me, him and uh, Clint. And man, I got so fucked up. I mean, the video footage that K Cutta had, I did not remember any of what he had. I mean, it was so bad and right, blackout. The- it was completely black out, and, and, and as far as I know, I've never blacked out before. If I did, I don't remember, right? So, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, that's
1: the way that works. Yeah.
0: The thing, the way I knew Kay was was a stand up dude is he fucking he pulled his phone out. He showed everybody in the house. He was like, "Look at the footage I got yesterday," while Jesse was drunk. And then right in front of me, he said, "Cause I love you, man. I'm gonna delete this," and he deleted it right on the spot. Oh, and I was like, right "Thank you, man. Thank you." Because, I mean it was it was super embarrassing, dude. Like I mean, I'm like tripping over my fucking pants, hanging around my ankles, like just very
1: embarrassing. Pulling you you're just you're just pissing on everything out there, like Vern Troyer or something? Drunk oh, on yeah. Night yeah at a celebrity house?
0: I was pissing in the corner.
1: <laughs> was like, Were you? This is awesome. No. Hell no. Okay. Well but, I, I mean, I've shared a couple of drunk nights with Steve and Clint and I could I don't know that I haven't been pissing in the hallways of some hotel somewhere. <laughs> After i can't imagine us. you
0: three together i'm sure you three definitely makes oh we had them.
1: fun we used to have like man we miss clint sucks definitely not having miss him Clint,
0: man he was uh he was a good dude man i didn't like him too much on the show but afterwards we became really good friends
1: <laughs> you know the first time i met clint um boy was he a fucking asshole Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was no. I would try, I'd met him prior to that Just in passing through a couple of friends And then I went by to say hi to him One time and he gave me this sneer <laughs> And I'm like wow What a dick you know And we never really talked I see him on the show And then I kind of was like It's kind of who he is And then right. Steve introduced yeah. us again You know we had again met And um, it was kind of like he needed He needed someone to say this guy's cool Before he would be cool other than that, he'd be like, I don't need you around. Well, but he, he also, also came up from that. Mm-hmm. I was also
0: going to say, like, he also was very, uh he's very moody. And I remember, like, telling him whenever he'd be kind of a jerk to me when we we're on the show, uh, you know, he would drink these Red Bulls every morning. And I was like, yo, go drink some personality, man. Because as soon as he drank that Red Bull and he woke up, he was like. <laughs> It was so fun to be around, but prior to that, dude, fucking while he's doing his hair and, and making his mohawk, like you just did not want to fuck with him.
1: Right. Boy, what I I, I can I don't know. My my whole life, my whole morning is is easy. I couldn't imagine uh, having to do that mohawk every I feel like that would make me pissed. You know what I mean? Just to be getting ready for the camera and have to iron my hair or however you eggshells i don't know what you would put in that make it stand up like that i guess you don't either do you
0: Moving no on. all i know all i know is him and tattoo baby took the same amount of time getting ready
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> right on uh, that that seems right because um about right i guess i i got to share a season with tattoo baby and and she would be sometimes running behind it takes a lot of effort sometimes to be that pretty
0: that's what i'm saying no, luckily I'm ugly. It don't take that long.
1: <laughs> you and me both, brother. Tattoo <laughs> baby, uh, what was your impression of her? You got to hang out with her. Shoes, or, yeah, or, or. <laughs> baby, she was
0: sweetheart. I love tattoo baby, man. She's great. Uh, I mean, believe it or not, she was one of the only people on the show that would draw outside of um, would draw outside of the competition. And you know, right. I'm I'm one of those guys who draws. You know, even when I don't have to draw anything i'm just always drawing so her and i you know jived right off the bat with just drawing together
1: Uh, she's also uh, a real fan of um of new school
0: she's a fan of new school and she's just super sweet girl man i mean and you know i think a lot of people you know when they see her uh in public they they mistake they they think she's being a bitch but really she just is when she's she's not comfortable around a lot of people so in my experience, it's been – you know, she came out of my tattoo show and a couple of people are coming up and like, man, Tattoo Baby's such a bitch. And I'm like, she's not a bitch. She's really? just super uncomfortable around people she doesn't know.
1: The fame that – you know, there's different levels. Dave was talking about how he can't pee in a public restroom anymore because people right. try to right. take pictures of his dick and stuff. You know what I mean? Right?
0: At least he thinks they are.
1: <laughs> right. He's, he was probably wishing – like man these guys like he's he's just texting somebody everything's about you isn't it hollywood dave no (laughs) but uh, i i feel like girls especially one as beautiful as tattoo baby um with that exposure it it, it's got to be harder in public because there's there are predators of sorts you're you're easily overpowered perhaps and then you're uh you're like even this last weekend I'm at the show and because of Netflix, it seems like it's bigger. People want your time. And when you don't right. give them your time and I mean, you can't, you, you have, you have to kind of pick and choose sometimes, you know, you can't give everybody your time. And when you can't give them as much as they want, then you're a bitch or you're a dick or. You're a fucking rock star,
0: whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying the other day, and I don't know if you experienced this, but it was like, as soon as I got on that show. Every human I ever met in my entire life hit me up at the same exact time. <laughs> and they were all like, yo, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, I could only converse with so many people at a time. You I mean, let's just say I converse with one person per minute all day. You got thousands of right. people hitting you up. You cannot, you can only talk to right. so many people. And then of and course you're a rock star. And then you're a rock star, shit. But then they, you know you you give them. You know, some people deserve more than a minute. Some people deserve an hour. You know, like your your family or your really close friends. Right. So I actually had people that were you know unfollowed me, and they're like, "Oh, Jesse got too famous and blah blah blah." Because I wouldn't <laughs> give them the attention that I normally gave them because I physically couldn't do it. You know,
1: right? Just couldn't give them. I, right. I understand that completely. My interest uh, or something else I noted of that that was of interest to me was that some friends just automatically they without ever trying to communicate with me at all they just automatically assumed and told people that i was some kind of rock star now and uh can't be gotten a hold of or (laughs) you know people people that i that have i'm in their context so i start going through my text threads like you know or in all my messages on facebook to see if these people did reach out to me i'm like no they didn't but it's coming back to friends they're like yeah he said that you you but and the drug use suddenly i was using drugs which that's what i that's what i heard well i do <laughs> so, <laughs> like i was like is this new did have i not been pretty much on point with everybody i've ever talked to about this i've smoked weed since i was 11 It just I, it's the one thing i haven't stopped you know
0: dude you're such a criminal
1: I paved the way for these kids. That's what I think. With the legalization, with all the, all the um, with, with my whole, I still haven't gotten expunged, with, but with my record, I'm like, no, that's, that's a badge of honor, badge of courage or whatever. I did the time over the stupid crime so that you kids can go to your recreational marijuana.
0: Yeah, and make millions of dollars off of it.
1: They still don't give me free joints when I go in there. I try to tell them, like, don't you kind of owe me?
0: Don't you know who I enterprise. am? I'm yeah. up for the dumb bar.
1: <laughs> Let me show you my rap sheet. Daniel. you know. I was on know. that
0: TV show that Jesse Smith was on.
1: <laughs> Jesse Smith was drunk <laughs> on it.
0: But <laughs> Jesse Smith shit himself on. Oh, oh man. Dude, did it get that, that bad? No, it did, I didn't shit myself. But the reason why they were really upset with me because of, of getting really drunk. I mean, of course, it sucked that I got drunk and all that stuff. But I actually burst a a blood vessel in my eyeball I puked so hard so it was like they couldn't film me until that blood vessel healed up because you know of course it's not supposed to look like anything's different from one yeah continuity so
1: so it takes three days to make one day but they want it to look like one day
0: right exactly or you know when you're doing those interviews and your shirt smells like you know 10 years of sweat fucking (laughs) because they made you wear it every day for months yeah.
1: right yeah. they pull it out of the I don't remember if they washed that my shirt my interview shirt ever I just always remember it was hanging up there
0: yeah well I know they didn't wash mine because every time I put it on I was like damn who's been wearing my shirt
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they're making it they're making a, They're making you sweat then they're asking you the yeah. hard questions yeah. oh, well yeah. let's uh, I, I, let's get on to some NFT stuff and I'm sorry to leave Jason in the lurch for as long as I've done But I was talking with Lenatra this weekend, and uh, he lives in your imagination now in Caracas. Not Caracas. Car Car
0: chaos.
1: Car chaos. Oh, right on. So it's like traffic.
0: Yes. Chaotic cars.
1: (laughs) Chaotic cars. Uh, Which which I guess could be a Pixar movie itself. But in this world, uh, he was telling me, this use of nfts actually has a use as i understand non-transferable fungal images (laughs) non-fungible
2: token it's it's not mushroom that's for sure
1: (laughs) okay right on you can't trip these things there's no psilocybin in them no not not yet at least no well we got
0: we actually have psilocybin in our nfts but that's a different
1: story See, it seems like the, it's so, the, it's so vast and so unexplored. And everybody that I hear about talks about all the possibilities. When I talked to Lenatra for the f- first time, he was actually saying, "No, these are the things we're doing." with it. Because I've only seen images. What is it, Connor McGregor after he got knocked out? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, <that's- laughs> Whatever it was, but so you're doing a similar thing. If I'm understanding, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and as Dumb as I know it, say it, and then you fill in the gaps for me, please. Inside of Carcais, now you're making characters that will be NFTs. The character is unique, specialized. I'm guessing it has certain attributes because it also allows you, uh, it becomes your ticket into the universe of Carcais, where you can battle, uh, make friends, do funny dances. I don't know, build Fortnite's. Yeah.
0: It- I mean, you know, I, I think for the most part, you got that right. You like and, and Frank's doing something a little bit different than I am. He is creating battles and stuff like that, whereas my project is more about uh, exploration and discovery. So it's like you're essentially discovering these characters and helping me document the different traits and the different uh, things that, that these characters have. And, and they're- Oh,
1: I see so the my- trick here. So you've ran out of imagination. And you're using yeah, so this mean, community.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, right
1: on.
0: You know, I, I, so basically we have right now we're on Expedition 8. In Expedition 8, you're going to this place called Killick Falls Lagoon. And when you go to Killick Falls Lagoon, we're going to be, uh, you know, documenting these feral fish. And so huh. these feral fish have different attributes and different traits and stuff like that. But they're all unique. Um, and so, this is all on the imaginative, t- imaginative side of things. This isn't the, the obviously the reality, but then when you're talking about the utilities of things, so the utilities are the use, you, the use or the, the perks per se. <clears throat> okay. When you're talking about the perks, you know, there's different perks depending on which particular NFTs you carry or how many of those NFTs you carry. So, you know, one of the perks will be uh, free tattoos from me or whoever you want to get tattooed by uh, and, and, our car will cover, we'll cover your flight, your hotel, and the co- cost of the tattoo with any tattoo artist of your choice. Uh, assuming there's availability, uh, you know, we're not okay. you know, forcing any tattoo artists to do a tattoo. Um, right. but yeah, so you, it's free tattoos. The other thing that I think is super valuable that I think a lot of people overlook is the intellectual property rights. So you own, uh, the, you know, Jason, what's that the intellectual property rights? The was it, C00 like C0? CC0,
2: CC0 license.
0: CC0 license. So essentially, like let's say you're a t-shirt brand or something like that, and you always wanted to have me draw you up a design for your t-shirt company. Well, if you buy one of these NFTs, you essentially it as long yours. as you, as long as you own that NFT, you own the intellectual property rights. Uh, and you could put that on a t-shirt and sell it and make a million dollars if you wanted to. So it's okay. really cool. And we actually encourage it, you know, like we want people to, to take these images and get them out there and, and sell them. Well, to. It seems to like a,
1: a big solution to that same kind of stuff, just being ripped off of Google and then printed on a t-shirt without your knowledge. You know, I remember uh, Joshua Carlton, I think he found a tattoo one time inside of um, one of those tattoo dispenser things that was like his tattoo, you know, taken from online, someone had transferred it into a tattoo and then made it available as a stick on tattoo.
0: Yeah. You know, Javi, I don't know if you know Javi from tattoo theory. He actually just had one of his images turned into like a sweater or something like that. And they were selling it and who knows how much money they made off of it, but it's just, yeah, it's crazy. And I think that, Disney just did that. What'd they do?
1: Disney just did that. Actually, I just read an article where a guy made a um, a tiki drummer inspired that he was going to turn into a tip jar at his local bar, and uh, then he made it available online as a three D print, and then somebody found it for sale on on the premises of Disney uh, for like one hundred and twenty five bucks and uh they had a different artist that was listed as the maker of it but when you look at the two things you're like even the imperfections are the same wow yeah
0: well that guy oh. that guy that's probably the best thing that could happen that dude because i know, he's <laughs> I know.
1: <the> <laughs> yeah good suit against disney does does good for your for your outlook on life i think
0: for sure well, and that's the thing is, you know, I mean, this isn't something that's definitive, but it's something that's kind of floated around in my brain. And I don't know if Jason can back this up, but I assume that eventually down the road, you know how when you watch a movie on your phone or your, your iPad or something like that, and you try to screenshot it and the screen's black. Okay, right. You know what I'm talking about? Or even if you try to steal music and stuff like that, it's super difficult these days.
1: And so oh, I think it's it? explaining to me your troubles with this.
0: Well, I mean, I'm it's just not you know. <laughs> obviously, you can go on to you know, LimeWire. No, I
1: I, I know what you mean because um, even just trying to, I was uh, trying to view um, a missing episode of of Ink Masters that doesn't seem like it's available anywhere of the season I was on, and I, mean, I was trying it to find it all kinds it? of. Is
0: that the one where you fought Chris?
1: No, that one's definitely available. No, you can find that. <laughs> Now, it was one um, where uh, Scott, I i don't know what the purpose of not having it available is. I think it's possible that somebody used maybe copyrighted image or mm. something, you know, and, and they, maybe they, there was a suit there involved and they lost. I'm guessing, or, you know, it, oh, yeah. it happened on season one, didn't it? Didn't uh, somebody get sued on season one?
0: I think it happened on season two, too, man. I think yeah, it happened all right. over the place. Uh, Jamie got huge. Uh, he, he ripped off uh, Crystal Arredo's piece. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. Trey got busted. Trey got yelled at for ripping off another artist who actually ripped off another artist. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, and that's the thing is like I got on that show and I thought everybody was going to draw their own shit. And then I just see people tracing everything when I was on there and I'm just like, holy crap, man. I was spending you know, two or three hours drawing up my piece and these guys are snagging stuff from Google and just tracing it and they're winning.
1: Right. Well, that, I, the judges kind of on there, they kind of like that, I think. Just simple. like I, that's the same that when on my first season or the fourth season, I was on, Scott and I went in and, and uh, pretty much at one point we found out every tattoo he had done was pretty much on the first page of Google. Even though they were requiring us to use Getty because Getty was uncopyrighted, so right. that was kind of a small fiasco. But these NFTs—sorry <laughs> to get back to a completely off-topic—but they, they're more than simply uh, a, an image. If I'm understanding this right, so so Lenatra's got some kind of battling RPG role-playing game or something he's got, but you're doing expositions like pokemon or something does it is it like it leaves at a certain time i get to just play the game is there a game that comes with it an app or something that allows so me to go a, on this expedition
0: so we got a website it's uh, carteus.com and you can track the expeditions there uh you know essentially our expeditions start you know prior to our drop date. Um, so if we're, okay. you know, dropping in a month, then we'll start our expedition, start recruiting our crew members, which would be people who are interested in learning more about Carcaus or minting, which means, you know, essentially uh, buying an NFT from us. So we, we take these crews over to Carcaus. They get to see all the new creatures from the get go. Um, and then, of course, we do it they all. They get to use by. them
1: to sell their tacos at their taco stand
0: exactly exactly or Going they can trade right. <laughs> <But> them
1: <laughs> or they can set them up as coupons or yeah. they could uh yeah i'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry i'm getting off topic um i, I want to go with so the expedition though is something that i'm viewing on a screen is it something i'm reading I, like am i looking in grass for, for these nfts that can't be it right what do you mean
0: looking in the grass what do you mean i, I feel it. like i'm playing
1: <laughs> pokemon, <the> pokemon <laughs> right? Oh, okay. <laughs> right like i'm searching through the grass and the nft pops up and now i study its characteristics but no i mean these are things that you've had to have drawn then, right for me to explore them i have to be able right. to see them I'm guessing too right yeah so yeah. Th- these also represent hundreds of hours of drawing time at the at the table for you am i wrong
0: yeah tons i mean you know i probably wouldn't draw this much but jason's a slave driver so i
1: yeah. draw
2: a lot for him. yeah i like to crack the whip around here
1: <laughs> someone's got to i wouldn't even be talking to you i'd just be playing call of duty if candy wasn't cracking the whip so i know. I know
0: man i know dude i, I was trying to retire last month and fucking jason was like come on man keep on drawing
1: were you really <laughs> no you I'm weren't but i okay I am, you're I, a young guy trying,
0: I'm trying to retire from tattooing next year, though, in March.
1: Oh, wow. And then just continue having uh, your creations, making new worlds and, and explore ways to monetize that. Is that the idea? Or are you yeah. just going to go off to Philippines and live a nah. comfortable life? On you? <laughs> Okay.
0: I've, you, know, I've, I, you know, I own a tattoo shop. I own a tattoo convention. I, uh, you know, I have a clothing line. I'm doing the NFTs you know, I do a lot of art outside of tattooing. So I don't know, you know, I mean, we'll we'll see where it takes us. But I think, you know, March of next year puts me at 25 years of tattooing. And I think, you know, 25 years is a long career, man.
2: Yes, it Jesse, is. I, I know you yeah. kind of mentioned that you want to retire from tattooing, but you also kind of mentioned that maybe you'd only tattoo people who were in the NFT community that is, you know, in case We obviously that doesn't make so much that but I know you kind of mentioned that to make your tattoo even more that. valuable.
0: I didn't, I didn't say that.
2: <laughs>
1: but it's a great idea. <laughs> and this guy's ready to crack your whip. You're a young guy, your back isn't gone out. <laughs> yeah, right. Ergonomically, <laughs> yeah. you're set up for this life, bro.
0: I know, right? Perfectly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um
0: Yeah, we were were talking about that, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it it ends up going. I mean, you know, who knows? But my goal, that's my goal, is to retire from tattooing, uh, you know, next year.
1: Well, I'm excited for it, because with one of the best quitting, it puts me a little bit closer to the top, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to get there from hard work and and study, you know. I'm just going to keep on waiting these motherfuckers out. As far as as far as NFTs and tattooing, though, it does make sense that you would control the supply and demand greatly. I mean, sure. if you're not tattooing for anybody but NFTs, then certainly yeah. those NFTs are selling.
0: We had totally uh, discussed that option and, 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 you know, figuring out the, the logistics of that. Another one of the things we've got going on, too, is anybody who owns a, a feral fish NFT gets free access to any tattoo convention or event that I throw for the uh,
1: the the entirety right. of that
0: that uh, ownership,
1: which let's plug your convention.
0: Oh yeah, so I throw the Richmond Tattoo Art and Music Festival in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, this convention is third, or sorry, it it, it uh, started in 1988. Uh, JD Crow, Crazy oh. Ace, um, oh, wow. those guys kind of got it started, and then you've got uh you know people like Gilmani, Lyle Tuttle. uh, paul rogers all these guys were attending back then and and, uh it's been going ever since except for so you own a
1: piece of of history
0: history. kind of yeah i mean it's it's very uh you know very humbling to be a part of that project because you know it is the names that are behind that and the the people have built that are pretty substantial
1: yeah um and then your shop loose screw tattoos you can Get that through your website as well. Uh, yeah, which is up. Um, and now NFTs and crypto. Help me understand the differences. Is why why would, Jay, would Jason be an expert in those two things?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I I don't know, Jason. Why are you an expert in those two things? <laughs> well,
2: I'm, I'm an expert in those Thank two things because you. you you said I am.
1: That's why. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I found that's the way thing most things work for me. <laughs>
2: So So you're a tattoo
1: artist, you're a tattoo artist.
0: Jason does all the marketing for me and I do all the marketing for him. So I call him the
1: master crypto. Right. But you do handle crypto or you guys are interested in crypto as well? Yeah, yeah,
2: we we are interested in the space for it. Yep.
1: So are you using it uh, to purchase your your NFTs Or, or, or can you use crypto to purchase your NFTs?
2: You can. Yeah, so our, our project is going to be on the Kronos network, as people are usually familiar. Things are usually on the Ethereum network and people move to Salon network, but ours is going to be on the Kronos network. And it's, it's a new network that is, um, that both Abyssu Bay and Crypto.com, which are the two marketplaces which we plan to drop on, exists. And another reason why we chose the Kronos network, other than it's, you know, it's a new community it's also much better for the environment compared to the ETH network. So that's also a okay. big push for it. But on that note, so far versus the other you know, networks, I don't mm-hmm. know how deep they are in this space in terms of you know getting a DeFi wallet, you know, sending money back and forth and all that not fun stuff. But Crypto.com makes it way more user-friendly with just you know buying with your credit card, essentially. So that's also another reason why I moved to Kronos Network.
1: Okay, so if I go there, I'm going to purchase with crypto or is, is it, it's kind of exclusive. You have to purchase with crypto, but you can buy that with your credit card. Am I understanding that? Yeah, crypto.com makes it easy in that manner. But you guys are only selling these things with crypto or like the, there's a trend, am I understanding that part? The yeah, NFTs so the transaction. Okay.
2: Yeah, so because it lives on the Chronos network, it'll, we, it, it accepts Chronos essentially, which is the cryptocurrency.
1: Right. On. So
0: imagine, uh, imagine like going to another country and they only take you know yen. You know y- you can only spend yen in China, right? So
1: yeah, you're gonna make a have, transfer.
0: Right. So you'd take your USD and then you'd go through an exchange, change it into yen, and then you would buy what you're gonna buy. And then if you wanted to say sell that particular product, you'd sell it in yen, and then you'd bring the money back to USD. If how did these- that?
1: No, I think it is. Uh, I want to know everything, I guess, because now it's got me inspired somewhat for the first time in a long time, actually, about creating some kind of world. You know, mine seems more hellish to me and there's a lot more fighting. But uh, but, you know, I mean, to think that that this is a a, to, to see all these creative ways that you're using one to monetize it, but also to make it interesting, to make it fun and a value to people who's for the purchase. I mean, that's the most important thing is that it has value. And then also I'm guessing then, how is it that I see them go up in price? Uh, Do you have plans? uh, This is tough for me. As a comic book collector for a long time in my life, uh, I kind of understood how the limited supply and demand of comics a, a controlled the price of the comic going forward as more comics would be destroyed then the other ones would be worth more. But in the case of NFTs, people really aren't losing them or having them destroyed. What is it that causes an NFT to, to raise value? And how do you plan on helping the people who buy the NFTs raise the value of their NFTs?
0: So imagine like an old Spider-Man comic, right? So what makes the first, the Spider-Man one so valuable? in your opinion?
1: It it was amazing stories. Um, (laughs) I I don't know. I never (laughs) got to look at it. Here's what I know about. um, uh, There's one in town and if you wanted to view it, to look at it, you had to hire this guy's security so that you could give him a, so he would let you look at it to possibly think about buying it.
0: Wow. So yeah, so here's, here's, let me answer that question for you. (laughs) So basically, (laughs) the reason why Spider-Man one is so valuable is one, because there's it's rare, but also because the universe has unfolded from Spider-Man one. So it's like, then you had, you know, the other, the other characters within the universe start coming forth and that creates that universe becomes more valuable. And of course the older parts of that universe are more valuable than the newer parts. And so imagine that if you bought spider-man you know imagine there was like a a thousand spider-man ones right and you bought a thousand spider-man ones and you knew everyone in that community who bought the spider-man ones and you guys all talked and you guys could all kind of quasi control that market by you know either burning them if you wanted to or you could uh you know make sure that the price is at, at a certain level that nobody's underselling and stuff like that it's okay. Kind of what right. you can do on the internet now is like we have, you know, Discord channels where the community is together and they can say, hey, we're going to hold on to these so that they, you know, maintain their value. Um, if we see anything that, you know, that's out there that is below that value, we sweep it up so it's no longer available at a lower value. So it's oh, like, oh, I follow. Community. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And they will the be buying
1: the older NFTs it. if they were to, if someone were foolish enough to, sp- or to sell one for less than it was valued then somebody in the community would more likely buy it up as opposed to somebody new necessarily even having wind of it which would then right. help keep the price going yeah now also it's the same thing with also like a pyramid trade. scheme so you got that going for you like you get in on the ground floor and then everybody else is underneath. you know
0: everybody always says pyramid scheme like it's not normal you know like I, it so right i feel like everything is a pyramid scheme it's like when you buy stuff from apple tim cook makes more because you know the money trickles goes from the top and trickles down it's like every single thing is somewhat of a pyramid scheme it's such a nasty term or whatever but the fact that well, the, yeah, the, scheme I
1: mean, part. the pyramid right. probably we should just be like well it has a pyramid structure kyle i don't know if it's a scheme right <laughs> everybody's yeah. making money along the process so it isn't like somebody who buys in today he's just fucked as a matter of fact right. he still has the same opportunities to see this world expand because you're not well, planning on it stopping with just you now you've actually kind of am i wrong you've kind of open world it now because people are going to be making discoveries about these creatures that you don't even know right that exactly right? Okay.
0: created via the the nft generator i don't know if If you know anything about that but basically (laughs) what you do is
1: yeah i'm just envisioning like a large alien remember in the prometheus or aliens when they see the brood monster the the mother one just out there pumping out these nfts (laughs) but go on
0: (laughs) well essentially there's this this thing called an nft generator and what you do is you draw different traits so i might draw 30 different eyeballs, and I might draw 30 different mouths and 30 different noses and arms and legs and tails or whatever. And then you could run it through this generator and it'll give you every variation of those traits. So you end up seeing things that you would have never created on your own uh, and how they, you know, I might always draw the same eyes with the same teeth and the same ears or whatever. But because I'm doing this generative art, I essentially am like, okay, I drew that eyeball now. So now I got to create a new eyeball that's totally different than this one. And so it actually starts creating these different creatures that I never would have created before, which was one of the attractive things for me for for moving into the NFT space was the ability to create these creatures that I never would have created on my own.
1: Right. Like seeing your imagination get legs.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the other thing I wanted to say too, man, is like, you know, when you're talking about pyramid scheme and stuff like that, it's kind of like, um, you know, the, the, the value of things kind of like, a, the real estate market, you know, if you sell a house in your neighborhood for cheaper than all the other houses, then it brings all the property, all the property around you down as well. Right. Same thing yes. goes the opposite way. If you sell a house in your neighborhood, let's say the average house in your neighborhood is 200,000 and one of the houses sells for a million. All of a sudden, all the other houses' value goes up. up.
1: And and I should probably preface that really the only part of this that seems like it's a pyramid scheme has to do with the creative side. Whereas the people who come first, they have more creative control over that world than the people that come in later or buy a new token or don't have as many tokens. Uh, Well,
0: and the other thing is... The money
1: side of it isn't set up that way, is it?
0: No. I mean, and here's the thing, man. Like, obviously getting paid for your art is an attractive side of being an artist but you know in the grand scheme of things this is all stuff i was doing prior i'm just doing it in a different avenue in a different place and <clears throat> it's always fun when you step into a new market just like you were saying you get inspired like when i stepped in the nft space it is super inspirational and the crazy thing is is a lot of people that are in the nft space aren't even artists they're hiring like you know, people from fiber and stuff like that to draw these things. And then they're right. just t- turning it into a business. So it's like, well, this is a Would place you, that I think we should be taking over.
1: Definitely. <laughs> Especially uh, with the scope that you guys have. I don't see anybody else. People have reached out to me to ask for my license, basically for their them to create NFTs inspired by me. Um, but nothing has this kind of a scope or this kind of almost membership or community that I've seen.
0: Right. And here's the other thing though, with the whole pyramid scheme or whatnot, you can actually, you know, if if, if someone's willing to sell their feral fish, you can actually be a part of the top of the pyramid if you buy that, you know, that feral fish at the top. Right.
1: Right. Seems like I've touched a touchy subject with you. Like Kyle, it's not a fucking pyramid scheme. It's more like a Ponzi oh. scheme. Okay, so no, uh, <laughs> dude,
0: I, I hope it doesn't come off like I'm. Uh, I'm actually just really, really excited about this conversation. I'm, I'm not
1: trying to be a. I'm definitely not a. No, really. you're not. I'm giving you hell, brother. You know, it's my. It's, it's, the, it's the only thing I'm really good at anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I obviously have been inspired by this whole realm of it and seeing you guys create that. Like for me, tattooing is, you know. it, it it's For all of us, it's an emotional ride. And I, I'll go on a roller coaster with it, and sometimes it sucks a bit of your creativity out of you. Um, sure, and, exactly. and seeing this is really fun. It's really cool. Well, look, man, uh, the, best
0: way to, the best way to learn about NFTs is to, to buy one or to own one. And if Jason allows me to, I'll put you on the white list.
1: Oh, right on. Yeah, I'm with it. I seriously am now. I don't know what the world <laughs> list is. Let, let me say this, though, because I, I keep thinking of this and then uh, losing it. And I'm probably losing it now, too, even as I preface it like that. But um, th- this world that you're creating as well, it's going to most likely inspire NFT owners to use their characters in other fashions. Wouldn't you imagine? I would imagine. Immediately, that some animators or something might be excited to have these characters, and now you see creations or animations uh, created with them. Like maybe even full skits or introductions to the world. You follow me? You yeah, think that's, I mean, that's
0: a that's mm-hmm. definitely a goal down the line? Is you know, Jason and I are both eyeing the potential of a cartoon or a video game down the road, and we've got the connections to do it. I just want to make sure that the foundation is built really strong before we jump into that. Um, because as you know, you know, if you get into a project with someone and you're, and you don't have all your pieces together, then by the time the project's over, you know, it's, it's something right. completely different that you didn't want it to turn into.
1: Right. No, I think uh, I, I like where it's going, especially with the idea of community. It seems most of the things that are uh, hits now, if you will, for it, they're all about community discord itself. You know, which is something I barely understand. My son's on it all the time. Though. You know, when you get to Twitter or uh, Instagram, all these things are platforms that, that are designed around community. So why shouldn't art be the same? And in our communities as, as tattoo artists, um, we've we've seen that, you know, that that's where we get our interest from our our inspiration. So it's it's fucking awesome. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the, in the tattoo community is is a great example of, of you know, what the, the NFT community feels a lot like the tattoo community. Like, when I go over there, like, and I get on these Twitter spaces, all these people just pop in and like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing today? Da, da, da. And, and it's just, a, and then the weird thing is, is it's so separated. Like, I go over there uh-huh. and the only people I recognize in the NFT space are Frank, uh, Nick Baxter, and, uh, and Javier from uh, tattoo Theory. Those are the only guys they're, that I know. They're of
1: making NFTs know. as well?
0: Yeah, they're all making NFTs, and, and now,
1: that's it. Baxter is his, as, uh, is, is it a world as well? I'm, I'm going to have to look into it, obviously. Nick Baxter's a awesome tattoo artist, world-renowned, and uh, he kind of changed tattooing or certainly helped people get a technical idea of realistic tattooing. And yeah, he's an accomplished oil painter what is uh his realm of nfts is he creating a world too or is it pretty much his art
0: i mean he's not only accomplished he's just mega prolific i mean that dude's just bashing shit out left and right but his is his revolves around uh i want to say it's 148 different hearts uh that he had hand painted and so his isn't so much about a world it's more about uh being a and this is this is kind of what nfts are as well it's being a um kind of a, a a stock owner in someone's uh artistic you know world. So, project for example when yeah or, well just in, in general like you are supporting my artistic uh world all of it you know not just the carcass, but also any artistic endeavor i get involved in if you believe in me as an artist or uh nick baxter as an artist or whatever you essentially own stock in what we do by by buying one of these nfts and so nick actually has his utilities revolve around a certain amount of uh you know tattoo hours but then also you get the original painting um that he created and stuff like that and it depends on he's got different different tiers as well so
1: so it's possible obviously uh I don't know if obviously the whole world of NFTs though is big. <laughs> you can do it's, all kinds of stuff
0: right What's... now. It's super small, man. It's like, and that's the crazy thing is like when I, when we're, when I'm hanging out with the NFT space and stuff like that, relatively speaking, I mean, the, the, the crazy thing to me is that there's not more artists or more tattoo artists, at least in the NFT space, because it just makes sense. I mean, and I've talked to a, you know, one of my buddies here, uh, Jason at loose screw. It's like, I'm talking to him about. I'm like, dude, this is a perfect space for you to kind of like explore and get some of your your ideas out. Uh, and it's just a, it's it's super fun because it's so new.
1: Is is he then involving himself in carcaeus or is he it, is he involved in it? I guess in NFTs, then.
0: Not yet. I mean, there's a there's some resistance that's popping up in different okay. directions. Uh, some I think I think.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that, that's, that's one thing I wanted because if I, and I do, I play Call of Duty, so I end up buying these skins and stuff. I shouldn't say I buy them, but I work my ass off for them. If these were right. NFTs, then I would actually own something that I could right. sell. In the case right. that it's, do you see any, um, is that kind of a, a goal for the video game that you might possibly have? It's got to be oh. actually.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And, it, and that's the part is like, I don't know what type of. I'm trying to figure out what the resistance is because I listen to some of these people and they're like, "Ah, oh, fucking NFTs," blah blah blah. And I try to listen to what their problems are, and some of them were environmental, uh, which is uh, okay. one of the reasons yeah. why yeah. us being on the Chronos network is is substantial because Chronos uh, blockchain is 90% cleaner than Ethereum. So it's like that's one. You know, if you if you care about the environment. Then, you know, you got to pick your battles. Are you going to drive a gas guzzling car? Are You can eat meat. What are you going to do? You know, uh, yeah. so I don't think and every time you do a Google search or any of that shit, you know, you're, you're definitely impacting the environment on some sort of level. So I, I do think that there is obviously a leg to stand on when it comes to that. But I think that if you dig a little deeper, you'll realize that certain blockchains are less impactful than others. Then the other so one, you I don't figure
1: is, that the resistance is, is really that the other well, is. That's,
0: I've actually had a couple people that were really upset with me for, because of the environmental stuff. And I'm like, you know, of course I can't explain it to them because they don't want to hear what you have to say. Right. But, but,
1: but it's, like, it's <laughs> the same time. Uh, yeah. Once we get to point fingers like that, that's a real rough one to, uh, to stand on, especially when you're making a conscious effort. To make right. your your NFTs with, with the least amount of, because just like you said, if I do a Google search, yeah, that might only take the energy that I have from my house, that came from some coal burning plant, not a hydroelectric dam. Um, but then the servers are turning all across wherever is getting me the information, and right. it's it's not like it's a it's some free energy. We have we have weird ways to imagine that that we're cool, you're bad. You know,
2: right? Yeah, I, oh. I, I feel like I feel like the main resistance is people just don't want to understand it, or they initially think, "Oh, wow, a JPEG for this much money—that's stupid," and they just don't want to learn. It <laughs> I, even me coming from the tech scene, that's that's talked about a lot, and they still kind of look down upon it for those reasons.
1: I know, but so also though, that's better for people who do want to learn about it because. I mean, we talk about pyramid schemes. That's not pyramid scheme, but it gives you a head start for sure. I mean, if it's a race of anything, the sooner you get to the platform, the sooner you're started in the race.
2: Oh right. yeah, exactly. And the same thing happened for like Bitcoin and Ethereum back then. Like everyone's saying, "Oh, you know, when Bitcoin's at like five hundred dollars, like oh, it's already too late. It's not going to be good." It's like it just yeah. keeps you know pumping up and pumping up, and in the end, I was like, "Okay, now we have to actually take it seriously." And it's already over. The pump out but is
1: it is it over uh is B- bitcoin seems like it's going good isn't it I'm oh not-
2: i say over so I, I meant more so it hit the peak you know way back then and it moved back down okay, yeah in terms of the market no, direction I, I mean it's it's still right. booming in general but uh yeah once people finally fully start to try to understand then it's kind of like they missed it so people should try to understand early on and you know they'll be they'll get in sooner
1: I follow I think uh Joshua Carlton was one of the first tattoo artists that I saw was um, accepting Bitcoin and I was, he said he was trading it for tattoos too, you know, and that was when Bitcoin was so cheap. So I would hope that he was able to keep them and end up with, you know, millions of dollars now from doing a couple of tattoos. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I feel like I I'm running out of questions. (laughs) So is there anything you guys would like to say? Can you believe that? Well, what if you know me, I'm more used to just talking out of my ass, and this is something I'm so ignorant of, and I think that's probably the the real resistance that you're probably running across is everybody is so ignorant of it, because honestly, even I can say that to you, when you say utilities to me, I'm just like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> nod your head, Kyle, look like you know what they're talking about, <laughs> I, right? I've got a vague idea about the utilities.
0: When Jason mm-hmm. was talking earlier, I was like, I know Kyle's brain's about to explode right now with all this vernacular.
1: Well, some of it, I think I, I, I'm trying to understand because I'm beginning to see that uh, hopefully there's something in it for me. I do understand supply and demand, and I do uh, understand the beauty of creating a world. I mean, I love comics my whole life. I mean, that was a whole nother world. You can't fight crime in a bright red suit, you know? <laughs> it well, doesn't now, happen. Maybe-
0: Imagine if you owned a they comic book you. that would allow mm-hmm. you to if you showed that comic book to a tattoo artist, he'd give you a free tattoo. Or if you took that right. that comic book to a concert, it would let you in the concert for free. You know, like that's essentially what this is. And because it's it's verified by you know a ton of different servers, you you know, you can't fake it. So you have to bring so that
1: up. You know. I bring you my NFT to come into your show. You Raleigh show, right? Raleigh,
0: Richmond, man.
1: Richmond, I'm, not, I'm sorry.
0: I'm not interviewed being interviewed by you anymore. <laughs> this is
1: bullshit, dude. You know how much weed I smoke. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what you signed on for. You just got to keep me going. I, I so Richmond, this was Richmond, Joe Rogan, Richard. man. What the fuck? <laughs> your agent. You got to fire your agent, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason, You told me it was Joe Rogan.
1: I can talk about trying to s my own b. <laughs> At any rate, um, oh, man, listen, to you get me off topic. And now I'm so completely off point. My ignorance of the subject is the thing that scares me the most of it. And I imagine that's what scares everybody else the most from it, too, is is that uh, it's just that they have. So the more you educate as you are and the more you have a success in this area, it should educate as well.
0: Now come over, come over to the Discord or hit me up on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And if you need any help whatsoever, I'll help you throughout everything. And same for everybody help, else.
1: Help Just me understand this job. then. I bring an NFT to your show. I show yep. the, the security guard at the door. Nah, I got this thing. And then what? Like, do they scan it? Do they No,
0: no? It would go through it would go through a verified wallet, which would be like MetaMask or uh, crypto.com or whatever. And you just show it and show them that it's coming back through your account and it's verified.
1: Uh-huh. The other and, thing and is you would just I work out with security that they would have this understanding of how to do that. Or, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I and get I in every
1: year. Know. I get in next year too. And the year every, after every, that.
0: Every year, yep. And mm-hmm. so, like, they—I don't know if you know that Twitter did this. So they have it now mm-hmm. where they verify—they verify, uh, they verify uh, NFTs on Twitter. So, like, if you have a verified image, you can make it as your avatar. And when I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter, but if people have a hexagon, then that means that they actually own that image.
1: Okay. I wonder if that helps people get verified themselves.
0: Huh. I don't know. You know anything about that, Jack? Hold
1: up. Let's, uh, let's just say it does because it's such an ignorant subject. No one will know any different for a long time. So let's say, yes, it does. It helps you get verified. and Millions of people will be buying your NFTs.
0: If you buy a feral fish NFT, you get verified on Instagram. Go.
1: <laughs> you hear it here first, kids. It's guaranteed. Jesse wouldn't lie to you simply because he stands to make untold amounts of money creating this universe. Have you had any projections on, on, I mean, I know that you don't do these things for money that you do these things for your love of, of creation, but have you, and, and I'm not trying to find a number, but this is something that you imagine a success, like somebody themselves, if they were coming out of high school, or whatever, they could create a lifestyle off of just doing this.
0: Well, so Jason's in charge, of all the money. And he told me that I could make probably about 600 bucks for doing all this. So I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> excited
1: about it. Right, on. You got to <laughs> cut him into that though, too, right? He's, got, yeah, I, he's he, getting like seven points on that.
0: He told me I was getting 90% and he was getting 10%. So I think 600 bucks was what we projected.
1: Right on. Yep,
2: yep. After after a year's worth of effort, six (laughs) hundred dollars.
0: You know, I mean, obviously, the only thing we can do is project, and and, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of variables involved in the success of a project like this. Um, So it's it's uh, as of right now, we don't know, but you know, hopefully, one day. Do you have uh,
1: investors besides yourself? Because Jason doesn't work for free. No, your time is valuable.
0: Jason invests his time. Uh, yeah, we have no investors though. You know, it's like, oh, wow. and I honestly, I don't, I don't particularly like that. Like, I don't really like getting money up front for anything. I wanna, I'd rather put in all the work now and then get paid later. And you know how it is. Remember when you get like a deposit back from a tattoo, and you're like, "Fuck, I tattooed today for free." You know, it's like, yeah, I prefer to, <laughs> you know, so some some people are like, "Oh, I'll pay for the whole tattoo up front," and I'm like, oh, "I don't, I don't want that." Unless yeah, the only I'd reason I'll do not. that is if I think they're not good with money and then I'll be like okay just give it to me (laughs)
1: yeah yeah you're gonna burn that it's burning a hole in their pocket right then you grew up there in Richmond as well
0: so I grew up all over the world because my dad was in the army and I landed in Richmond Virginia I actually landed in Fort Eustis uh, Virginia when I joined the military in 96 Uh, and then I've been in Virginia pretty much the entire time since 96
1: you think the military gives you an idea of the or gives you your work ethic a bit
0: probably i definitely think it, it it plays a role i mean my dad was always like he was always the guy where if i got second place he'd be like why didn't you get first you know like i remember getting published in some magazine and it was like one of the top 10 artists in the entire world and my dad was like why are you why are there nine other people in this with you it should just be you you know it's right. always, always like that. But, you know, my dad also was a very sarcastic guy and I knew he always, uh, you know, he always appreciated what I was doing. But he was just he was just one of those guys who just kind of give you shit. No matter how high you got, you always had to go higher. So I'm sure that plays a big role in it. And he was also one of those guys that was like, don't start it unless you could finish it.
1: What about your wife's family? Is she are, are they around there, too? Or not? So
0: they're in northern Virginia up in Burke um and that's where most of her family is but she's peruvian so she's got a, a lot of family in peru as well
1: so as you're growing up what was the first thing that got you to art you must somebody at one point recognized that you were good at it or they gave you some compliment what happened
0: i mean i used to you probably did the same thing i used to copy like uh, skateboard designs and, and then the video games and uh gu- dungeons and dragons garbage Pail kids saturday morning cartoons like That's all the stuff I used to copy when I was like 11 or 12. I have sketchbooks from back then with that type of stuff in there. Um, But the funny thing is, is back to my dad again, he he actually, you know, he was always very supportive of me as an artist. But he always said, uh, you know, he was like, look, you should really think of a backup plan because being an artist is a very tough road so right. when he said that there was like a little switch that clicked into my head that was like okay you're not going to be an artist you're going to be an oceanographer and or a marine biologist because i i really love the ocean and so i right. was going to be a marine biologist in my mind but i mean i still of course always still did art and i got a lot of accolades for it from you know just whether it was just someone saying oh that's cool or someone that uh, my art teacher you know sending my art into one of the local contests or something like that but uh yeah but yeah, I mean, you know, it was just something I always did. And, you know, I joined the army and the reason I joined the army is because I didn't have money for art school. And my dad, you know, of course was like, Hey, you know, you might want to find a backup plan.
1: And Right. So how long were you in the army with four or six years?
0: I was in the army for three years. I actually picked the the career path that I picked in the military specifically because it was only three years and I didn't want to put any extra time in that I didn't have to.
1: Right. And just get your, uh, And then went straight to art school.
0: Yeah, I got my GI bill. um, And then I headed up to Richmond, which was about an hour away from Fort Eustis. And that was a school that everybody, all the artists that I hung out with in uh, Fort Eustis and Newport News area, they were all, everyone would always talk about VCU. And so I headed up to Richmond, uh, tapped into my GI bill uh, from the military, and then just used that to pay for college. Meanwhile, I was tattooing
1: the whole time. Okay, right on. Damn it. <laughs> I was well, hoping that I could laugh at you for making the decision to to give up on school, but you must have graduated. You graduated and everything.
0: Yeah, I graduated. You're a yeah, head you know.
1: tattoo. I know with so me. many people that they start with, with school and they're like, you know, school sucks. I learned how to tattoo.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and that was one of the things that my dad and, and drilled into my head. And I don't know, it was already it was in my brain that I was gonna go to college, learn how to be an artist. And then do my career after that. Even when I was tattooing in college, I didn't think I was going to be a tattoo artist. I was like, you know, I'm just trying to be the best artist I can to do whatever. I had no idea what type of artist I was going to be. Um, Right. But then when I got out of school, it was like, well, I had already quasi made a name for myself, at least locally. Um, And I think I had got my I, I graduated in 2004. I got the first magazine article in 2005. So I was already kind of like building that momentum. And if I didn't have, you know, if I wasn't getting the success that I was getting from tattooing, I probably would have quit. But I honestly, I right. think I caught, I caught the tattoo wave, you know, at the perfect time because I mean, 2004, um, I mean, 2005 was when I got my first magazine article, and I think mm-hmm. it was 2005 when the first reality TV show came out. Right around that time, it was either uh, so you, or Miami.
1: You figure the momentum and all that really easily led you to to Ink Masters and and being on reality TV, you mean?
0: No, what I'm I'm saying is like, so I started tattooing in 98 um, and then, you know, I was just kind of doing it on the side while I was in the military and while I was in college. And then when I got out, you know, the momentum was still kind of growing. The tattoo industry was still really small uh you know there was i think there might have been 40 tattoo artists in the entirety of richmond virginia and then uh when i got out locally i was doing pretty well like i started to get a lot of people who were asking for me by name and then in 2005 inked or miami ink one of the two dropped and then the the you know the industry just fucking skyrocketed and so i like that was where i feel like the wave i was already perfectly poised by the time the wave kicked in so it was like i just rode that i see wave what you're right saying
1: there. now that the that the <clears> wave kicked <throat> in pretty much from the exposure on tv from miami and kelly ink inked itself right. i think it was yeah. in vegas
0: i remember what's, what's, somebody had told me one time that <clears> i can't remember when this was i think it was like i want to say it was like maybe in 2012 2014 Somebody had said, and I don't know where they got these numbers from, but it it sounded legit to me. They said 70% of the tattoo industry has uh, less than X percent of time in the industry or X amount of years in the industry. And it was basically saying that after the TV shows came out, it was like a huge flood of people came into the tattoo industry. So if you started tattooing before the TV shows, then you were actually an an old timer tattooer just because you were here before that.
1: Now uh, influences, as far as Saturday morning cartoons and all that, obviously they were the Saturday morning cartoons, Hanna-Barbera and type stuff. I'm guessing that, that were your influences there. Any others like the movies? Remember that throughout our lifetime, you're a little bit younger than me, I believe, but we had some real good anime coming out. Did they inspire you as two?
0: I didn't really mess with anime. Uh, You know, I I do remember Voltron. You remember that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I remember watching. I lived in Italy uh, for three years as well. So I was in um, there when I was between the ages of six and nine. And Mm -hmm. I remember watching Voltron and it was all completely in Italian. Um, But yeah, I definitely I didn't understand what I was watching, but I absolutely loved watching it, whatever it was.
1: (laughs) <laughs> right on well, as um, far as
0: movies fucking labyrinth uh dark crystal uh never ending story you know all that stuff Cri- uh gremlins uh, really you know, all those yeah. things paid yeah up, but paid all these things
1: world. are not really um drawn i'm kind of surprised that but but that those creatures then because for you i'm getting then i'm seeing that this is more about the world's
0: Yeah. I mean, and I'll tell you this, man, it it is as bad as it is for me to say this. I don't particularly like cartoons right now. Like I don't, if someone, if you know, all those Pixar movies and stuff like that, I don't particularly like, it takes a while for me to get into watching them. I usually watch it because somebody else is watching it. And when I watch it, I'm really happy that I watched it. But for whatever reason, there's a bridge in my brain that's difficult to cross when it comes to animated things. Because I've, maybe it is uh, – I don't really focus on the storyline as much because I'm focusing in on, I don't know, the eyes or the nose or whatever it is of the characters. But I really should like that stuff, but it, it, it I struggle to get into watching it.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I know. It is interesting. My, my brain. But the other characters like, that you created – or not created, but mentioned the other people that – creators that you've mentioned – or movies, I shouldn't say creators, but movies are all really imaginative, fantastical worlds or fantastical creatures in a normal world.
0: Yeah. So like they're all, you know, two of those are Jim Henson. Um, I'm not really sure who did all the the character development and stuff for never ending story, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I like, I like very, I mean, I like the new, uh, Mandalorian. Mandalorian, like being all the little critters and mandalorian and but i do like the real i guess the stuff that's based in reality on some sort of level and that's what carcaus is so carcaus uh in case i hadn't had a chance to tell you is it's it's this fictitious Mm -hmm. continent but the 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 storyline revolves around me and a couple friends going down to ecuador and then we end up trying to get over to galapagos and and the fishermen over there lead us over to carcaus and carcaus is actually this continent this very small continent that was right. being hidden it was being hidden from the masses so it hasn't right do you guys come life. in
1: and it's like the clouds part and then you see the island and then the opening credits start to roll
0: yes that stuff
1: um That's awesome. yeah
0: but this this place has been hidden from the masses because all the deep state and the pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that had used that place uh, to experiment on animals and, and, and a bunch of other things. And that's where all these crazy creatures come from is over the course of the last, you know, a century or so that place. Is there used for, a
1: for maniacal doctor then?
0: There's multiple maniacal doctors. Yes.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> Cause you're going to need a staff of doctors to be creating these things. Then of course.
0: Yeah. Definitely. That's so
1: awesome. And, uh, and And then there's also, do you, do, uh, that, that I don't know, that's awesome. Because now my mind's <laughs> blowing up with storyline ideas, right? Just yeah. like you would probably want, just like excites this whole community. Because now with a bunch of evil doctors, well, there's got to be a faceless corporation or evil cabal of somebody paying in to them as well. Uh that is the face of the pharmaceutical companies. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's basically it, it, medical metalocalypse could also be in that universe somehow.
0: Yeah, man, they're growing weed over there too.
1: <laughs> in Carchais?
0: Yeah, but it's blue, blue weed.
1: And what does it do when you smoke it? You get googly eyes. I know that shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's why the whole the whole <laughs> continent is covered with these weird ass characters that smoke that weed.
1: All right. So here's my envision of it. Uh, you and your friends going to Ecuador, trying to get to Galapagos. You're going to study and draw a fucking bunch of puffins or something. I don't know. So you get on there with the, with the ship guys and, and then you're going over some rough seas. Right. And yeah. the weather just gets real bad. Just surprise storm. And you're like, we don't even know if we're gonna hold on. It's like, uh, what, (laughs) like Gilligan's Island kind of moment, you know? And then suddenly, just boom, you're right in the eye of the storm. And the clouds part, it's all calm. And there it is, the island, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start seeing all the creatures, and you're like, well, these things are weird. And you have to then run from the creatures because some are trying to kill you, right? Yes, most definitely. Now, at the same time, so when the clouds open, all this before was shot live, right? This is you and your friends. This is you, you, no one else. You're the actor. And then as soon as you go across the clouds, though, I hope it doesn't disappoint you too much. In my mind, now all of a sudden, y'all got googly eyes. You're all cartoon character, three fingers, all that stuff.
0: Dude, It's like bed knobs and broomsticks, man. Like, like a a Roger Rabbit type shit.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. Like it, it mixes between the two. So in this right. world, so in, in, in reality, maybe you're actually just knocked out or drowning. <laughs> maybe you're drowning because the, you succumb to the storm.
0: And a little critter rescues us.
1: Or we only imagine it in my world. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there you're still be just like- dying, you know, in an instant, this is like your life flashing before your eyes, but instead it was a whole better thing, you know?
0: It could be like Wizard of Oz, man. We were sleeping the whole time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or a dream when you woke up and JR was still alive. Shower. It was that JR? A different one? Who's JR? <laughs> uh JR Ewing. Dallas.
0: Is that a is that I'm, a baseball team?
1: I'm pretty sure I'm just showing my age now. No, when I was a kid <laughs> it was a big deal who shot JR and then the writing staff went through some shit and they like they hired some cheaper writers and they killed off a badass character. And then they were like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. All our fans are leaving. And so then they just brought him back the next season and he was taking a shower and it just turned out everything that happened this season before was a dream. Oh, my
0: God. How corny
1: It was a corny vehicle, but it was the only way to save the show for real because they had written it off of cliffs, you know? Is one of those agent moments where it was such a big show that then the actors start to get agents and they're like, nah, my character don't do that.
0: My character don't die.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't. Yes, exactly. Too much creative control. So, but I'm way off topic. (laughs) Um, I I should let you get back at whatever creations for the day. Are you you got drawing to do today or are you just going home and sleeping? Well, you're going to play some Call of Duty. What's next?
0: I don't know. Jason, do I have to draw today? Can I take the day off?
2: Wow.
1: Gotta draw every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, I guess I'm drawing today.
1: It draws on the paper or it gets the hose again. How, how close to creating... The, we're creating a whole fucking world. It, it's going to take time. And, and it, a lot of it's coming out of your fingers, if not all of it, right? Even though it's being generated, you still have to do the things to generate. The generator, yeah. filled the generator. No,
0: I mean I've been I've been drawing nonstop for the past six months. Um I've got actually eight, uh nine projects in the chamber ready to go. So we're just right now oh, we're just man. waiting for uh the smart contract, which is essentially an artificial intelligence uh kind of contract that uh makes sure that everything that's supposed to happen is to, is going to happen. So we're just waiting for that to get uh the green light. And as soon as that gets the green light, we'll be ready to roll, man.
1: See, that part's weird, too. You you get a license from AI, like Skytech or something, like the Terminator yeah. is like, yes, you can have license. Yes. No, Carcass For- is not an acceptable planet. It does not portray robots in a positive light.
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger makes sure that these NFTs get sold in the proper way.
1: <laughs> so but it's 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 a guarantee to the buyer, I'm guessing, then? the the contract that that you are saying this nft will or the what this nft will do it will do or is it a contract yeah i guess who is it for is it for the buyer
0: so yeah for buyer for you just like any contract except for this contract is held in by uh well i mean jason can you explain this a little simpler for me
2: Sorry, if you have this question one more time about the contract.
0: But can you explain yeah, like, but the, the contract? Comp- I'm curious the, who the yeah, contract's
1: not- for. It seems like it would be for the buyer to make sure that you guys perform up to your standard. But is this a contract to make sure the AI company performs up to their standard or?
2: So, so is the smart contract? You can think about it like a snippet of code, which contains functions, and those functions will allow us to do certain things with the NFT. It is for the buyer, but it's also for the marketplace and also the seller. So that way, everyone can validate the smart contract.
1: Okay, it's not as it's it's something that if you if it were breached, you guys would be in default or liable. Is that what I'm understanding?
2: You can't. Uh, It's not really. Yeah, you can't breach it. Think about it more like just like a giant chunk of code. It's literally just a chunk of code called a smart contract.
1: <laughs> okay. Right. It's not yeah. so much a contract as, as the typical terms. So that code
0: basically says, like, let's just say that, uh, it, you know, if we if you buy an NFT for X amount of dollars, then this is what's going to happen with the NFT. This is where this goes. This is where this goes. And once that code's in there, you can't change it. So it's
1: it's there nobody okay
0: so that's the, so, the thing that a lot of people like about uh the blockchain it's called the contract data.
1: but it really is code i follow you I, i'm beginning to follow you it, it really is just a chunk of code that makes sure it performs right but now you need to write that with the ai company uh, because so you a, don't write code
0: well we we have a person on staff who does that but the, so it's like, that's the attractive thing for a lot of people to move into the crypto space and the NFT space is there are no, I mean, there are, like, if you go to crypto.com, you have a centralized situation and there's people in there who are making decisions. But when you get into Web3, it's a decentralized situation. So basically, there's no humans that have their hands in the pot. It's like a community of, of computers that verify the ownership of that specific uh, that's that specific NFT or that specific yeah. token.
1: So, how much danger will the NFTs that you're creating be in when the robots do take over?
0: I mean, I, I, probably not any more danger than we'd be in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we're fucked, bro. I
0: yeah, we're, we're fucked. Fu-
1: the things I've been doing to these robots, I still yell at <laughs> Siri. I just found out yeah. you're not supposed to. Like, she will perform worse or something.
0: You know what's funny is I one of my tattoo artists was like, she wasn't, like, being mean to Siri, but she wasn't being polite. And I was like, you better be careful, man. That, that robot's recording everything you're saying right now. And in the future, those oh, robots yeah. are going to be able to listen to all that shit, and they're
1: going to fuck you up. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's transcribed somewhere. Aren't you, user C-3-4, dash and then they're just going to make, didn't you once say, and they're going to play it back to you fuck well, all robots well. robots suck my dick they don't deserve government representation
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and
1: that's it's it shock you yeah you're out well what do you see as the future uh not not just uh i mean y- you see this you didn't see this when you were a kid right this is Hell beyond on. your you're so do you you got to be excited as shit because you have a better understanding than me about this whole world and you already see video games and stuff coming. But do you imagine moreover inside of society, the NFTs will become playing integral roles in day-to-day life?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and here's the thing, like when I, I was in the same place you were, when I first heard about NFTs, I didn't get any of it, but this particular world, once I stepped into it, I was like, Whoa, I can, I can automatically see a ton of uses for this. One of the main uses, not main uses, but one of the uses I could see that could pretty much wipe out a, uh, the entire um, Library of Congress is the ability to copyright an image. So essentially, we should be able to get to a space where if you create an NFT of a piece of art, then you, it's verified by, multiple, by tons of other servers and other computers. So therefore, you no longer have to get it verified through the Library of Congress. So it's like, eventually, I assume down the road, rather than sending your stuff to the Library of Congress, you would just make an NFT of it right from the get-go, and you have ownership right there.
1: Is this a process that you've been involved with before, submitting to the Library of Congress for, for copyright then?
0: Oh, yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is when, back when I probably didn't need to worry about it is when I did it the most. I remember like sending all these images of my paintings and artwork to the Library of Congress. And the, you know, how egotistical is that to think somebody's going to steal all my artwork (laughs) when I was like that that age?
1: You mean they didn't? You never had to worry about it? Well, you took the precautions, so you almost don't know. Maybe they didn't. I I
0: don't. I don't know. Maybe somebody did rip me off, um, but I. Yeah, I don't know
1: here's i know this i once went to milwaukee doing a tattoo convention had an oil painting in in my van wake up the next morning or at the end of the show actually and i left the oil painting in there two paintings all weekend the window was smashed out everything was stolen including the phone chargers and that was when phone chargers weren't universal you know it was like there's no way this guy was gonna have the phone for that phone charger everything's stolen Except for those two paintings. <laughs> yeah, fucking art critic ass thief. Like, really, dude? <laughs> Take the fucking, make me feel a little bit better about me. to just, just see him in the dark looking at it like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> 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 this ain't worth shit to no one.
0: You know, the funny thing is is I have all this like insurance on, you know, you know how you get like homeowner's insurance or rental insurance Mm -hmm. insurance or whatever. So I was like, shit, the most valuable things in my house are the original paintings that I own from various artists. And so I got this extra insurance to cover all those paintings, but in the grand scheme of things, 99.5% of the people that walk into my house do not give a fuck about the paintings. (laughs) You know, the only way I would be able to like, the only thing that could probably happen is if you, you know, your house burnt down or whatever, and you lost everything. But nobody's stealing any of these paintings unless oh, they're it. an art
1: collector. Do you cover, cover them for theft as much as you do for fire or is it wrapped up in the same clause?
0: It's all wrapped up in the same clause. Okay. But, you know, right if, if somebody did steal any of the paintings out of my house, then it would really narrow down the, the potential people who broke into my house because, you know, the artwork <laughs> that I have is pretty rich.
1: Yeah, so, yes little and beautiful, dude. I'm only guessing if it's anything similar to the artwork you have in your shop, which is just, man, your shop was beautiful. That place is gorgeous. Same spot still.
0: You got to come back down. We've actually expanded into the next building. So we still have the original spot, but then we took over the building next door and the building next door is way better looking than the building we were in.
1: So your dad ever get to have the feeling of pride for all this that you've created as well?
0: I'm sure he does. I mean, you know, back in the days uh, when we would, uh, when I'd go to Germany and visit him and he would get all drunk, you know, he'd uh-huh. be in the corner talking to his friends, bragging about me and, you yeah. know, he never realized that I was listening and I could hear him cause he was so drunk. But you know, my dad, my dad definitely is proud of me. And, and, you know, I always know even with all the the tough love that he's given me, it's, you know, he's, he's always cared about me as a whole. So.
1: Well, you know, that that generation, too, they weren't taught that they could show affection. <laughs> You'll make him gay. Be real careful. <laughs> oh, man, my dad
0: used to joke about me being gay all the time. He'd be like, is there something you need to tell me? But, you know, the great thing about my family is I knew that if for whatever reason I was gay or I decided that I wanted to do something that was not the norm, my parents would always support me and always love me, so... It's always weird to me when I find out that someone is gay and their parents have, you know, shunned them or something like that. I'm just like, wow, that's so crazy.
1: It, I couldn't even it imagine. It really doesn't anymore. make any sense, does it? No, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't. My son is gay and I applaud it so much because you know how much it gets me out of conversations. Where like, you just sound like a homophobe, you know, because I'm a boomer. So, of course, I do. And <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, am I a homophobe or is my son gay? Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, but, man. It's like I, I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't understand how you could create something and then be so opposed to what it wants to. do Hey oh, guys, something.
2: just just want to say, uh I got I got head off, Jesse. I'm actually picking up the stickers right now in the small window. But uh, you has doing great chatting with you guys, and what a great conversation.
1: Well, <laughs> and th- also thanks, thanks like th- 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 for being I, a part th- of it, th- man.
2: <laughs> i give you permission to give them a whitelist I'll, I'll give you that permission
0: <laughs> okay thank you yes. thank you jason <laughs> you
1: know that's right, what this was ahead. all yeah. about i didn't give a fuck to have you on here talk about ink masters or nfts i've just been long playing this for the whitelist
0: yeah um, i know how you roll man I know how you roll.
1: now what the fuck is a whitelist
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so whitelist is is essentially like vip access so that means you're guaranteed the ability to get one of my nfts
1: oh i'm excited i am excited for that um i want some it's something i knew that i was going to be getting when i was talking to lenatra just one of his own and uh and then my one of my first questions because uh i don't know i see you guys almost intertwined in some way obviously you are because his shit is on your world too but um So immediately in my head, I'm thinking, what's Jesse doing? (laughs) You know what I mean? And I didn't want to say it, though, either, because then that's kind of rude to Frank, you know, to be listening to. And he's excited, right? He's excited to tell me about NFTs as being bigger than I might have imagined them to be. And But then it did come to the point where I was able where the conversation did talk about what you were doing, too. So I I knew we'd have you on the show for it. I imagine it would be nice to get Frank on, too. Um, uh, the, but you guys, are you at a table at least six hours a day or something right now drawing?
0: You know, I mean, I would say, yeah, I mean, the two of us definitely, um, you know, and the great thing about Frank that I got to say is Frank is always very generous and very willing to share and all that stuff. And the great thing about us, even though we're working on two separate projects within the same, uh, land, it's like people come into my discord and they're talking about his project. And people go into his project and talk about my project and we're kind of cross pollinating. So we're helping right. each other. And, and it's such a, and, and because the world is because the, the amount of tattoo artists that are in the space is so small, essentially everyone who's in my space is usually in his space. They're also in, in uh tattoo theory, Javi from tattoo theory space. They're in, you know, Nick Baxter's space. So they know about all of us because we're the only tattoo artists not saying the only ones, there's definitely other ones out there, but the only ones that I know within our ecosystem, like the people that you would know and stuff like that, who have NFTs going. So when you get in there, it's like, you know, I've got people hitting me up, like Joey Hamilton hit me up the other day and he was like, Hey man, I'm trying to get into this space. And he saw that I was over there in discord and we just started talking over there and other people have come over there from different, um, different genres of art that I've always looked up to, or, uh, don't really talk to that often, but I love them. And they just start talking to me because you know it's like going to a party where you don't know anybody but a few people that you saw at this other party, and so it, it's just like a fun little new space.
1: Are you drawing on your computer, and yeah, then you have I'm Discord just, up to the side as you're drawing, and you can kind of you communicate the same times? Or oh, I'm not doing that. No, I'm I'm just
0: drawing okay. on drawing on my iPad, and then I dip in the Discord a little bit here and there, um, but I just I don't have enough time to to be doing all of that stuff uh, and still running a tattoo shop and a tattoo convention and being a dad and all that stuff.
1: It's, it's very difficult. I forgot about your kid. You you just got the one kid, right?
0: Yeah. uh, We had him right smack dab in the middle of the lockdown, uh, April of uh, 2020. So he's almost two years old now. And, and uh, yeah, he's awesome, man. Where are you guys at?
1: We're in Flint, Michigan
0: oh yeah fuck yeah i remember you telling me that i used to have a buddy <laughs> man i wish i could remember his name i, I worked with him uh, uh, damn randy uh what was his last name anyways he used uh, to live up in flint tattoo up in flint up there randy gardner randy gardner yeah that's who it was i used to work. oh with him,
1: you're randy. shitting me dude
0: he's really crazy. i loved him though. yes he was he's awesome.
1: crazy dude oh my god that's such an old-time name you don't know yeah. what that brings back actually as far as he's crazy is he i think he's have you talked he's he's locked up right now am i wrong
0: i'm sure he is i don't know like I, <laughs> okay. the crazy thing is, is i don't know why it's the same thing with like k Cutter and all these other people i started yes. working at this t- tattoo shop in richmond and and i had a lot of haters because i was doing the new school stuff i listened to hip-hop music i mean this was 20 20 right. you know three years ago it was like mostly biker shops. And yep. I remember Randy and I for whatever reason we just hit it off. And I was like and he was super good, man. He was super good. I, f- mm-hmm. I forgot what he named his his tattoo shop. It was like Ink something.
1: Um Ink Inkwell. Know. No, uh Inkwell, Ink Stop.
0: I can't remember. He actually opened one up down in um in Garden North Carolina. Okay, it yeah. One in North North Carolina it was like Ink Realm or something. I can't remember what it was, but anyways, um, you know, we hit it off really cool and Ink then-
1: Keepers. Sorry, Inkkeepers. go on. Yeah, that's what it was. But uh,
0: he, uh, you know, it was really cool. Dude, that's big amazing.
1: to me. I bought my first tattoo machine from from that shop.
0: From Innkeepers.
1: Yes, from a guy. I had a tattoo done. I never had Randy tattoo me. My brother has had Randy tattoo me, and that's then awesome. I had a tattoo done by one of his guys that came in. I'm sorry, go on. I'm so excited about that though.
0: No, it's super cool, man. I was just saying, like, you know, Randy and I hit it off like crazy, you know, and then I later on, I started hearing all the stories about how really crazy he is. And I'm like, you know, I I don't know. I I just really appreciated him and in the position he he like (laughs) when when I was there, it was like he accepted me, even though I was completely different than everybody else in the
1: industry at the time. But that also means then that you accepted him despite him being as crazy as he is.
0: Oh, sure, man. I mean, and you know, that's, and then been
1: relatively- is there K-Cutta. something, is there, is there a, you know, I mean, is, is this a thing with you? I wonder not just big guys or something, but you're like, no, I like crazy different spectrum people. You know,
0: I like people who are different for sure. And I like people that can stand on their own two feet. Cause I feel like a lot of times, and I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I feel it all the time. You get these little clicks of people. And, and that just turns me off immediately when I see a clique of humans uh, or a group of humans that, that seem like they quasi have a hive mind. And I know that right. as soon as you try to get into that space, you're going to get shunned just because you're different. And so I just stay away from
1: that. <laughs> right.
0: There's some people out there that, are, that run at the beat of their own drum and they do not give a fuck about – they don't have the hive mind. So those are the people that I typically am more attracted to.
1: Right. And sometimes they're relative criminal. <laughs> like randy happened right. to be of, well, of great ability though and uh and imagination he used to he let was, his, his rottweiler lick his fresh tattoos and we thought he was joking And we go over and nope his dog was licking his fresh tattoo that's how he dude, healed
0: it and i was attracted to you know i'm attracted to talented artists and he was super talented man like
1: He's super I mean, yes
0: <laughs> I was, he was doing like black and gray realism. You know, this was back before Bob Terrell even, uh, I think, well, yeah, Bob Terrell had been tattooing because I think me and Bob have been tattooing about the same amount of time, but mm-hmm. this was like, you know, I think uh, Renshaw was the only person in the industry at the time that was doing like, like legit black and gray realism. And, and uh, this guy, Randy was doing that shit perfectly.
1: Randy was just sure that he could do anything. You know I mean? He, he, you couldn't tell him you couldn't do the something. Right. He was just, you know?
0: he was too crazy to know he couldn't do something. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, and so he would try and then he'd prove you wrong. <laughs> or I <laughs> imagine with, with, with the old timers and stuff, he came in and made quite an impression on Flint um, really brought That's the bad. level of tattooing up.
0: Yeah. He's crazy, man. I remember he, so he was tattooing in Richmond. And mm. uh, I remember going to visit him and he lived in the ghetto, uh, one of the ghettos in Richmond. And he went down to seven 11 and I guess like the the bum outside was like asking him for change or something like that. I ca- I can't remember what exactly happened. The bum was did something pretty shady, and I remember he went into the Seven Eleven, got what he had to get, came back out, and then the and then the bum like said something else, and he just pistol whipped him, and just fucking oh, man. came back, and he, when he hung out like there was nothing like nothing ever happened, and I was just like holy <laughs> shit, <laughs> like. <laughs>
1: yeah he was he was a big fan of guns uh one time i I came up to the shop and the door was locked i don't know if they're out smoking a joint or a cigarette or something and um but there was a 45 a nickel plated or yeah nickel plated ivory handle 45 like just out in full view on the countertop and he's a felon he is not supposed to have any weapon around him so uh I don't know I tell them about it when I catch back up with them and they're like oh my god we left the gun out fuck
0: (laughs) yeah that's funny because the reason why I remembered him when you said Flint Michigan is because he told me he had a shop there and he said he had two windows at the front and he said that both of in front like two windows so you go in the lobby and then there's two windows that go into the stations and he said that both windows right underneath the windows he had two shotguns and he said, I think he they were trying to rob him one time, and he just fucking, him and his homie that were on the other side just pulled the shotguns out and fucking, you
1: know, scared the dudes away. I wouldn't be surprised. I do know that they used to shoot at the hookers. I mean, not directly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the hookers, like there is Dort Highway was a really rough-ass spot, still is to this day. But hookers did not go around the tattoo shop there. You could be sure of that. And that was strictly because they shot at them. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, Randy like was nuts, man.
1: Five lane highway. <laughs> and they're shooting at people. <laughs> yeah, they were nuts. Anyways, moving on. Man, that's so <laughs> cool, though. I love that. That's so much of my history. I got yelled yeah. at by those guys uh for so and uh and then they, they they sold me my first machine they tattooed and they kind of accepted me in you know that's cool it was uh it was the first place i ever kind of started to feel at home even outside of uh anything i think like tattoos well, that was a were long that
0: too i mean i had to been how long you been tattooing <sighs>
1: About 27 years. So I was, yeah. uh, I was 18, 19 when I first started going around there. And I didn't really start getting a machine until about two or three years later. And yeah, and he didn't then, move to
0: was... Richmond until I think he was in Richmond. and I think it was 99, uh, 2000. So it had to have been before okay. that. I
1: believe. So he was actually on a he was probably on a bit of a spiral when you seen him too. Like I seen him on his upwardly mobile where he had just gotten out of prison over a serious gun crime. Um and uh and and then after losing, you know, your significant other, I imagine you could be on a, a downward spiral of sorts. Yeah. Wow. That's the last I heard. He
0: opened up uh innkeepers again down in Wilmington, I think, North Carolina. And then I, I had heard that he got locked up around there um, that time. I don't know if it's the same one, but I'd love to see him again, man. He, I had a lot of fun hanging out with him.
1: Myself, too. I wonder uh, how much of this candy is going to cut out <laughs> 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 or have to bleep over. Sometimes it might be handy just to beep over a name. Um, <laughs> that's 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 crazy, man. I, I, really, I really like that. I, I keep finding out the people from Flint ended up influencing other artists. There's Matt Ranks in Baltimore that I keep coming across his work and stuff. Nice. Um I don't know though if I have I think I should probably let you go before I drag this on too long. I really appreciate you telling me about the world of NFTs and yeah, uh, exciting me too because where yeah. my mind's going now is uh is is kind of involved around that, you know. Like it, it, it opens up a, an ability like you could have a hell dimension easily somewhere in the same sure. spot where these scientists were funded to try and study some of the same. They're already doing all the tests. Why wouldn't they also do their otherworldly uh, portals there? So then you got people like Brandon Hera and stuff, you know, uh, toxic down there in Texas that can collaborate inside of Caracas, not Caracas. Yeah.
0: <laughs> say it, say it. K- chaos.
1: Car, K- car,
0: car chaos. chaos. <laughs> car chaos. Man.
1: But dude, oh. hey,
0: man. Any help you need, just let me know. It is very intimidating and it takes a lot of, like, it, it's very painful, too. Like, you know, when you learn something new, the, mm-hmm. the, your brain gets a little, it gets very painful. You're like, fuck, I do not understand any of this shit. I felt that way so much over the past, like, six months but it does get easier just like with anything and it helps out to have people to help you out. And, you know, Javi has been a great help to me and uh, you know, Frank's been a good help to me. And of course, Jason who was on here earlier has been a substantial help. So it, it really helps to have uh, people around that are willing to help you into the space, but we need more tattoo You are in here that. for sure.
1: Yeah, now man. When you're making these, you're, you're, it's just the same process. You're on your iPad using Procreate or something like that. I imagine. Or some yep, kind of yep. other program, right? Yeah, on. I'm
0: using Procreate, and then you just draw each trait on a separate layer, and so you could draw like five different eyeballs and five noses and five mouths, and and I typically have a base shape, so uh, you know I did um, some butterfly bats, so I had a circle with a little body, and then I did different eyes on there, different noses, different mouths, different wings, uh, and different feet, and then what you do is you run it through the generator and you know that's it's a little confusing at first but you go through the generator and it just gives you every variation of that
1: where do and, you get your generator this is this is on a website
0: yeah there's multiple places that you can get you can get it online uh there's a place i think it's called NFTgenerator.art or slash art or something like that if you google N- nft generator you can find it um there's also uh-huh. there's you know there's different programs that can do it for you too uh, but once again I, a lot of that stuff i leave up to jason i just focus on the artwork the stories the the you know world building um you know i play with like the like it's the, the quasi tokenomics of it where it's like if you get this then you can get this and if you trade in these you can get those and that type of stuff
1: ranks, right on to so kind of assign a sign of value to some of those items then too
0: yeah. And and there's also the other thing I absolutely love. If you take the NFTs out of it, just remove the NFTs. Imagine if you could do this. Imagine if you had a Discord channel and anyone who got tattooed by you 27 years ago would fall into this role. And that role would be, we'll just call him an OG collector of Kyle Dunbar. And you collected every single client that you've ever tattooed all the way up to now. and You had 27 years of your clients slash fans, etc. ranked out on the discord channel and the people who got tattooed by you at the beginning have more value than obviously the the newer ones and they and they have more pride in it too because they're like yo i was an og collector of right. and so that's yeah. kind of what's happening with the nft space is right now we'll say this is year one of kyle dunbar as an nft Uh, creator right and and you can actually collect those and put people in those different roles and then you give people certain access within those roles so for example your og guys since they've been around forever they actually get the opportunity to get any print that you create uh for 25 percent off or whatever you want whatever you want to give them right uh they get the opportunity to get free stickers every time you come out with a sticker and it's almost like a quasi like membership to the art of Kyle Dunbar.
1: Right. And it's of course going to probably inspire them still to get for more, more of your catalog. If if you had to mail out somebody stickers every time he minted stickers and you had a mailing list, with that mailing list, I imagine comes some more artwork that I just dropped. Right. Why not? Yeah. And then right. that's going to inspire more sales because now they're thinking about it and they're seeing it again. And you could sell well, more I'm- NFTs.
0: And they're also invested in it because in in them supporting you and promoting you, they're also building
1: the value value.
0: of Kyle Dunbar. And that of course increases the value of everything that they own of yours from the beginning. So it's like this really
1: becomes vital almost for tattoo artists that if you want something, especially if you plan on having a career, this is almost, it's, it's hard to build a career too. I guess that's what I would say, right? Yeah. NFTs are hard and you're probably ignorant about them but you know what you're also ignorant about the fine art world you're right. you're ignorant, uh, right and but yet you're tr- you're still doing paintings aren't you mother right? right
0: well and here's the so, other thing too like when you look at like things that um when you look at have you ever watched uh exit through the gift shop by banksy
1: oh yeah god yeah fuck he awesome. just
0: completely Junior turned has
1: recommended that to me
0: yeah <laughs> so it's like when you when you look at the art world through Banksy's eyes, you realize that it is—it's all perceived and value, mm-hmm. and people create perceived value through you know advertising or a manipulation or finding influencers or whatever. It's really fucking crazy. So the fact that Banksy and Shepard Fairey could pretty much turn Mr. Brainwash into a multi-million-dollar selling uh, artist, yeah, is just proves in itself that the that, that value of art is not based off of quality or tenure or any of that stuff. It's based off of the, the perceived value. And you got people like Madonna who uses Mr. Brainwash as, a, as to do her cover art. It's like you can see it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a fucking joke.
1: So, you know, it's it, a joke uh, that's become part of the point now, too, and then became relevant again. Um <laughs> At any rate, brothers, thanks for talking so much and filling me in on this. And uh, I look forward to talking to you more and, and um, getting on the discord and, and uh, trying to figure out what the fuck that's all about, too. However, I believe that I've stayed too long. I've definitely said too much and I should probably let you get off to draw. I know that somebody's cracking a whip over you somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: No problem. Talk to you later, Jesse. Bye. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Later.